Thank you for joining the Denver Podcast, the podcast that brings together public relations professionals and influencers. I am your host, Vanessa Abram, and I'm glad you joined us today. Hi, everyone. Today's guest is Ms. Tavi Johnson. Tavi Johnson is a Chicago lifestyle blogger and social media influencer. You may know her for her platform, Shy at a Glance. She covers all things related to Chicago from fashion, restaurant openings, events, expos, nonprofits, and more. She posts weekly on a variety of topics once a month, and she does a spotlight feature highlighting a Chicagoan you should know. She considers herself the go-to person on all things Chicago-related. She attends and reports on various industries, whether it be Chicago Gourmet, the Lux Home Design Summit, or the Midwest Face and Body Expo. If it's Chicago-related and she thinks her readers will find it interesting, then she's there. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome Ms. Tavi Johnson. With that being said, let's start with that product reviews, you being an influencer. What made you start becoming an influencer? So, I mean, I guess it does actually have to do with my real job. Um, So I'm in finance, which isn't really the most creative field. And Mm -hmm. I just felt like I needed a way to like release my creativity, like a creative outlet or whatnot. So some of my friends, I go out to restaurants quite a bit. So they're just like, oh, why don't you start on Yelp or whatever? So Mm -hmm. I did that. But then I started picking up, like I kept getting requests from different business owners on Yelp, like, hey, come to our restaurant or whatever and post about it or whatnot. So then I just decided to start my own blog and I wanted it to be Chicago focused because I'm a native Chicagoan and I just didn't like we get a lot of negativity in the news, but there's so much positivity about Chicago to be had. So I decided to just start my Chicago lifestyle blog from there. And then it just grew into doing different things, like all sorts of lifestyle things. Like I said, product reviews. Definitely, I keep it Chicago focused, but I've also started working outside of Chicago as well when it comes to interviews. Nice. Where have you branched off to outside of Chicago so far? So when it comes to food related, I've been covering for the last two years, I've been covering the Food Network and Cooking Channel, um, South Beach Food Festival, uh, Wine and, uh, what is it? It's the South Beach Wine and Food Festival. And then also I've been doing their sister festival in New York as well. Nice. Yeah, I love it. There's so much, the events are so much fun. But then also I've started doing staycation pieces as well. So I've been doing like a lot of work with The Hilton, which they're everywhere. So I've been building my relationship with them. So the Hilton and also um, Marriott and other like small boutique hotels, because I do plan on like branching out from Chicago. So I'm trying to build up those relationships. So of everything that you do with your platform, what would you say is your favorite? Would you say it's the food? Would you say it's the event? Would you say it's um, more lifestyle generated? Like what's your favorite part about it? By far, my number one favorite part are the interviews. And that's pretty much the reason why I started the blog. And that's still my favorite part till today. I don't like transcribing the interviews, but actually doing them, I love doing the interviews because basically I interview people from all walks of life, various industries. That part, it's definitely not food related. I interview people in real estate. I interview people in food, but then I also interview people like who own their own workout fitness facility. So I just love highlighting small business owners, Chicagoans that are making a difference within Chicago. 
So that's probably my favorite part of the blog. I was doing monthly spotlight features called A Chicagoan You Should Know. Those went on hiatus. I haven't stopped interviewing, but it's just, I haven't been doing them like the first Monday of every month. So I don't like calling them spotlight features anymore. But Mm. um, interviewing will always be my favorite part. You know what? I didn't even know that you did those interviews. Like, I always knew that you did, like, the food and you covered events, but I didn't know you did interviews, so I'm glad I asked. Yeah, and it's a different person every month, like, different industries. I definitely, it's definitely just not food-related. I did hairstylists, everyone, yeah. They have to ping you for that. (laughs) (laughs) I may have to ping you for that one, selectively, of course. But with that said, like, do you have a favorite interview with a person that you did where you were like, oh my gosh, this was the most amazing interview that I've ever done? You know, I have a lot of favorite interviews. Like category wise, I do like, I started doing like a lot of red carpet interviews. So those have been a lot of fun just because seeing the celebrities up close and then it's sort of so cool to see my little shy to glance name on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, recently for the NBA All-Star Weekend, Fabulous was a lot of fun. He just seemed like he'd be like a fun person to hang out with. Mm -hmm. Another one of my favorites was Melissa Foreman. She's a radio host at 93.9. Just because if you meet her in real life, her personality is just, she's so fun and she just makes Mm -hmm. you feel so comfortable. And I actually turned around and asked her the same questions because she interviews people a lot. So it was just interesting to hear her answer. Like her favorite interview is Latoya Jackson which I never would have thought that. So it was just right? a really cool and fun person to hang out with. And then another one, believe it or not, would be like celebrity chef. He's from the Food Network, Tyler Florence. Because his interview- I met him. He's like, mm-hmm. he's, he seems really cool, but he was just so passionate because he came out with a documentary called Uncrushable. So his passion to me was just, I mean, the PR person actually had to cut the interview short. She kept looking at him like, we got to go. But he wanted to keep talking about it. It was awesome. That is so cool. I actually had the chance to work with Tyler Florence several years ago. I was working in an agency called Hella Noten. <laughs> Shout out to Hella Noten. And we were working <laughs> on Pringles. And Pringles at that time came out with a multi-grain chip. I don't think it's around anymore. But as we were launching this multi-grain chip, we had brought in Tyler Florence and he created like all these different like meals that you can eat with these, you know, with these chips, which was super Mm -hmm. cool. And we did this activation with him while we were in Washington, D.C. He was, like you said, the coolest person. So nice, really passionate about what he does, loves his fans, like loves being around people, like very humble, like just like really easy going so I can understand why that was a super cool interview for you yeah and I think you hit the nail on the head like interviews to me the best ones always deal with the people who are passionate on both ends like you can mm-hmm. just totally tell if someone's interested or not so yeah I, I just that's one of the, my favorite parts I just love interviewing I just mentioned to you that I need to ping you so with that being said what as an influencer what has your relationship been like working with public relations professionals you know my relationship has been good because I feel like I'm sort of in a a different bucket than most influencers like there's some influencers who do this full-time and 
different influencers want different things out of it. And when you say influencers, there's a totally big difference between influencers and bloggers. So I do mm -hmm. consider myself an influencer, but then I'm also a blogger as well. But if you look out there mm -hmm. now, most people are influencers, but they're not bloggers. They don't have a That's website to hide them. So I feel like me working with PR people, it's been a lot easier. Number one, because I feel like they just take me more seriously because not only do I have a blog, but it's updated regularly. So they really, I've heard them mm -hmm. even say to me before, they love my consistency. So it's like, when you give me something, you know, it's going to get done. And that to me would be a great person to work with as a PR person. You want people who are reliable. So me working with PR people, it's been great. And like I said, I do have a full-time job on top of this. So anything that I put on my Instagram, my social media, or my blog, it's something that I feel passionate about. And it's something that I would actually use or do, like the service or whatnot, or the, the restaurant or whatnot. So I don't take anything that I don't like. So I feel like that mm -hmm. also makes a difference too. Because you see some people out here, totally whatever they're promoting, it's like, we know that. You know, you can just tell. It's just, they're just getting paid and that's it. So I think that um, that does make a difference. So working with PR people, I've never really had a problem. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll just keep it like that. I've never really had a problem working with them because, I mean, I am coming from a different standpoint where it's like I run my blog so I can do whatever I want with it. Basically. Right. I think you made a good point because when I started, well, when I started in PR, we would do a lot of outreach to bloggers and it was like it was like one certain beat but then like you said then it became this influencer thing and like you said i would say all bloggers i would consider all bloggers influencers but all influencers aren't bloggers and and it, like you said when this influencer thing came about it was just this different sort of beast that can you know that just kind of evolved which i'm not mad at but Honestly, the reason why I did this actually did start, I don't know if you know this, but it did start with the conversation between you and I. And I'm going to refresh your memory. So it was like a few years ago, I think it was a birthday party that you had. And we were at some like restaurant on the north side, which uh -huh. is very vague and ambiguous at this point. <laughs> I like that's very vague but, you know, <laughs> restaurant on your birthday on the north side like where could that be uh, <laughs> but I was talking and I was like what are your thoughts about me doing an event where I bring together influencers and bloggers and PR professionals the girl is like I think that would be a great idea and I, I actually like, sort of remember this and actually the restaurant I I think it actually might be closed down I think it was on Hubbard Street I totally remember now yeah yeah, and I took it and I ran with it. Well, I think I may have asked like a couple of other people mm -hmm. and I took it and ran with it. And, and from there, I think that was like 2016. I finally did the event in 2017, did that a couple of times, took it to LA. And now we're like branching off into this podcast platform. So I definitely had to have you on here. So thank you for that, first of all. Oh, thank you. You had an awesome idea. I mean, that is a really good idea just to see like which each person expects or whatnot. So that was an awesome idea. And it's actually is interesting because I've done this both in Chicago and LA. And I've definitely seen the difference between how both markets would react. And I have a fun fact for you. I was talking to another influencer of mine, an influencer friend of mine, would you believe that the influencers in LA are a little bit more approachable than influencers in Chicago? 
I totally would believe that. And, you know, I have a little background on that, too, because I, um, I'm not going to say his name, but he's a huge influencer here in Chicago, and he's a huge influencer in L.A. and New York as well. But his mm-hmm. base market is Chicago. I try to like have lunch with him every quarter or whatever, because just to like get some ideas from him or, or whatnot. He said it's a huge difference between the influencers in Chicago versus LA and New York. And one of the biggest differences he says is how PR works with the influencers here in Chicago. It's basically every man for himself. It's like, you're trying to keep things close to the chest almost and really not share or whatnot. But in L.A., he said they actually flew him down there. He got to meet a ton of other influencers. In a way, how they work in their market, the PR person will approach, like, the top influencers that are, like, at his level. But then those top influencers, they're given a budget from the get-go up front. And then they facilitate how the money is going to get spent down to the lower influencers. He says it's much more of a community over in those other markets versus Chicago. And I would totally agree. Like, I don't really know the LA market, but how he explained it, I would totally agree. Things here are definitely different here in Chicago. Chicago is very clicky. Yeah. And I was actually, to be honest with you, I was really surprised by that. Like, I was surprised that it was like that. I, you would think like, oh, Chicago got that, those good old Midwestern values right in the center of the world. Well, not the world, but, you know, right in the center of the <laughs> yeah. country you know, in between East Coast and West Coast, you know, like we, we are the hub of everyone. You would think that we would be more approachable. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally, I totally agree. But I mean, I've heard it from several people. It's not that way. Oh, I actually was talking to another influencer and she was talking to me about how she felt like there was this like this mean girl culture in the influencer world. Do you feel that way? (laughs) So I'm going to say like, I'm also different in that respect, just because I will admit like me coming, when it comes to my site, I do sort of want to distinguish myself. So I've never been the type where I'm trying to get invited to like, all of the events. I would rather sort of be there by myself at my own time because it's just like I'm not trying to I'm like I'm not trying to compete with anyone, but I'm also not trying to wait around. I know a lot of people are just trying like so hard to get invited to all these events and stuff. I've never been that way. Like number 1, my main focus has always been interviewing and it just morphed into something else, but mm-hmm. I create my own platform like I create my own sort of like events like most of the time I'm not doing events like when I go to the restaurants it's just me there with a friend and we're just doing a review so it's not like I'm trying to even really get into the whole like event world and be because honestly I mean to tell you the truth like when you go to these um restaurant events you're all just sitting there like fighting over a piece of chicken basically to take a picture I mean that's not my ideal of what I'm trying to do anyway (laughs) so it's just like (laughs) but I will admit though if you're trying to get into the game now I mean I would I would never tell anyone not to because if it's your passion you'll succeed no matter what but I will say it's gonna be a lot harder now because like Mm -hmm. like you said like a lot of people I don't even want to say it's a mean girl thing it's more so like like I said, like it's more so like people are trying to play things close to the chest because a lot of people look at it like you're not trying to help me, so I'm not going to try to help you. I feel like that's sort of like the mentality that's going on right now. And I will say that there's enough for all of us, but it's more so like 
you uh, more people are trying people just don't want to get taken advantage of and i think that's the main thing what do you think we can do to kind of like maybe close that loop like maybe on a pr side and as influencers if or is it do you think it's even possible you know what i think it could be possible but i want to say it's like I don't even want to say it's more PR focused. I want to put it, it back on the influencer or the blogger. I feel like it's more so them. I feel like if you're truly passionate about it and you want it, you can go get it. Like you don't even necessarily, like an influencer or blogger, you don't even necessarily need a PR person to invite you somewhere. It's like, why wouldn't you take the initiative to reach out to that restaurant yourself or to reach out to that interviewer yourself? So although it's very helpful, and I work with a ton of PR people. Um, I just did um, this uh, TV show recently, and the PR person was very helpful. She put everything together. I didn't have to reach out to the restaurant. All I had to do was show up and do my TV segment or whatever. So PR people are very, very helpful. But as an influencer, you got to show that you're there, and you're helpful, and you're consistent, and you can do the work. You can't expect everybody else to do it. So it's like, I sort of put it back on the influencer or the blogger. You got to stand up. And if you want to, I mean, you need to reach out to the PR person if it's something you really want to do. It's just, you can't just sit around and complain and wait for people to try to reach out to you or say like, oh, the market's not big enough. No one ever invites me to anything. Have you tried to actually go out there and like go to something or like reach out to someone? So it's just like, I would say, um, if this is something you really want to do, I would put it more so on the influencer or the blogger. True, you might need a PR person for certain bigger events and something, but just start small and just see where it can take you. I totally agree with you because I know in my world, it's like, especially when things are happening, sometimes things happen at the last minute and sometimes we have time to plan for it and you just go, go, go. And I do know that when we are thinking of stuff, we are thinking about like who comes top of mind. And the people that come top of mind are the ones who have reached out to us or maybe those we follow ourselves. There's so many influencers out there that it's impossible to like know who all of them are. Like you said, they're growing by the minute. So sometimes it's not that we don't want to invite you to, you know, to something. Yeah. It's just that, you know, we got a lot of things going on and you're not on our radar. How do you get on mm -hmm. our radar? You put yourself on the radar. You let me know that you, you exist. And maybe at the time that you invite, that you reach out to me, like, I might be like, oh, the guest list is closed for whatever reason. And sometimes that's not to do because anything that has to do with you, but because of budgets and things like that. And we have to make sure that, you know, there's a, a cap of certain people. We can only bring in 10 influencers. You know, we yeah. can only bring in X amount of influence. Like, we do have those stipulations sometimes. And so it's like, okay, I wasn't able to invite you this time. But the next project that I work on may be something different. And depending on the PR person that you're working with, they probably work on a lot of different accounts. Like one day they're working on McDonald's, tomorrow they're working on Hilton. Then the next day they're working on, you know, something beauty related. So you just never know, like we're all like what the campaigns and projects that we work on are all, always changing, especially if we're freelancing or working at an agency where there's multiple accounts. So definitely co-sign you on that like speak up say something get on the radar um because i'm not going to invite you if i don't know you exist exactly and another thing i'd also bring up too is network with other influencers i mean all the events we go to pretty much you're always going to get a plus one 
And I've been fortunate when I started out that a lot of influencers would invite me as their plus one. And that's how I met other influencers and other PR people. So it's like, you can't just sit behind your, you know, your phone screen and just not do anything. You actually have to reach out and be active. And it's not like, you might think it's creepy, but it's not creepy if you reach out to like someone that you follow and you're like, hey, can we grab lunch or something? It's totally normal in the influencer world. I've met so many people that way, like you like each other's post or whatever, you start commenting once in a while, and then you meet up for lunch or dinner. That's Nothing's wrong with that. That's another way to get out there and network. Um, There's so many ways that you can go about just meeting different people. So I would suggest doing that. I mean, just don't give up. And then also, like I, I've been mentioning before, having a blog puts you at a different status versus being an influencer because I mean I've met up with influencers before that have like 30,000 or more followers and they've even asked me like how do you get invited to all these events like how do you like you know go to all these things or get these product reviews and stuff like that I mean the only thing I really see that sets them me apart from them is because I have a blog and a lot of people reach out to me because of that they just don't want an Instagram post they need something in print Mm-hmm. So it's just like, I mean, that is also a huge difference. And the, one other thing too is these social media sites, a lot of them, you know, they break down Twitter, Instagram and stuff, you know. So it's just like when that happens, you're completely offline. That's why I always support like having your own blog. And the way things change, like when the algorithm changed for Instagram, that was devastating to some people who didn't have like a backup site or whatnot. For me, it really wasn't because my blog will always come first before social media. Mm-hmm. You make a really good point too, like having a blog or, you know, like some sort of platform where you can do like a write-up, a recap, an interview is very mm-hmm. helpful. One of the things that I wanted to do with this platform too is I think a lot of influencers and bloggers didn't understand what PR people did and why we do what we do. And so it's like, it's our job to secure coverage you know, for the client. So when people, you know, search for something in that realm or whatever, they pop up and they have like, you know, these hopefully positive stories that people can see. So by having a blog post, like in someone Googled, you know, whatever the brand's name is and your story came up and it was this great story, that's a win for us. And we also like to make sure we work with influencers on a very authentic way. So while they're, you know, while I do understand, like we do, they do need paid posts and paid things of, you know, that nature. Sometimes we want to like, what's the offense? Like, did you really like it? Or did you, are you saying you liked it because I paid you for it? And Mm -hmm. audiences are starting to filter through that. So it's like, you know, we're also trying to create those relationships where it's like, okay, we can do these paid things, but what can we do that's authentically, you know, your voice? And I think that's more translated in a, and like, like you said, like an interview or like a review or something of that nature. So yes, having a platform is definitely important. And it's actually something I've been talking to a lot of influencers and I know a lot of them, they have, like you said, they have a lot of followers and they're trying to monetize. How do I begin to make money with all of these followers I have? And I have to tell them that despite the number of followers that they have, when we have these meetings, we're looking for who's going to bring back that return of investment. So if you cost $2,000 for a post, is our $2,000 gonna work for us in some kind of way? Meaning if I paid you $2,000, are your followers gonna click on our post? Are they going to 
You know, are they going to buy? How engaged are they? And so it's not just about having the numbers, but are your followers, you know, somebody that can hop on the bandwagon and help, you know, help us get a return on that investment. Yeah. And, and that's also are your followers even real? I mean, that's the biggest thing. I know that now there's actually tools and gadgets where you can check and see, you know, type in a user's name or whatever, and it comes back and shows how many bots and stuff they have. So, I mean, that's something great that someone came out with. But, I mean, that's another thing. It's just like, we're going to pay you $2,000, but, I mean, half of your followers are fake. So, it's just, I mean, authenticity is very real consistency. And I feel like even though my following isn't as big as some of these influencers, I work with a ton of people because they know that, you know, number one, my followers are real. But because I have all these social media outlets, I do like good write-ups or whatever. So it's just like, there's so many ways that you can get out there, but you have to just find like your, your niche basically. And I think I found mine. So, and it works. Yay. Are you still a professional Yelper? I am not. Several <laughs> reasons for that. <laughs> number one, it's just like my own blog is a lot of work. So I'm working on my mm -hmm. own side versus helping Yelp work on theirs. And number two, I mean, it just got so negative, like the connotation with Yelp. And I love the food industry. Like that's one of the biggest industries I cover. And they are just so against Yelp. And I can see why in a lot of different ways. So it's just, I might post a picture to Yelp once in a while, but until they change things around, no, I'm not really Yelping anymore. And I just stick to my own site. Okay. So being such a foodie and being from Chicago, what are, if you had someone's from out of town and they, they're coming in and, you know, what do you recommend as your top, you can, it can be top five, top 10, no more than 10 restaurants that you recommend in Chicago. <laughs> Um, there's a lot. That's a hard question too, just because there's so many different types of restaurants. So I'll rephrase the um, question then so you won't get in trouble with any <laughs> of your friends. So these aren't your definitive top 10. These are just the top 10 that can come to mind at this very moment. Exactly. And I'm fine with doing that. I actually have some people that I interviewed where they just played it safe. They wouldn't say anything, but, um, <laughs> but I will. So Right now, Discover is actually doing a um, sweepstake where they're giving away, I want to say it's $5 million to a Black-owned restaurant. So one Black-owned restaurant that I plan on supporting really soon, because I want to put them in the running, is um, Luella's Southern Comfort Food. That's in Ravenswood. And it's a Black-owned restaurant. He makes his own desserts. I mean, the recipes are from his grandmother, and the food is incredible. So that would definitely be one. Another one I really like that opened up rather recently is called Flora, Flora Flanta, and it's in River North. I think it's on Illinois Street or whatnot, but it sort of has like a Caribbean type vibe to it, and I just really like the atmosphere. And post-quarantine, I know a lot of people are still afraid to go out, which I totally get. So I would say if you're looking for a really good social distancing restaurant, I would check out Recess and the West Loop. They have a 14,000 square foot patio. So their social distancing is amazing. It's a beautiful setup. And then I think the food is pretty good. So those would be mm. my three. Ah, you gave us three. I just knew you were going to give us more. <laughs> I mean, there's so many of them. There's so many of them that I still need to try. I actually have a list going right now. I'm going to be posting it within the next two weeks 
of good places to go right now for social distancing. So a lot of them are going to come from me, but then I also posted a survey in my stories where people let me know where they've been so far that has good social distancing. So one of them I want to check out that one of my followers said, which has been on my list, is um, RPMC food. So I've been there. there soon. You've been there? I was there last week. I went for okay. a friend's birthday. It was pretty good. Okay, good. Was, so yeah, I just pretty good. Yeah. I highly recommend. I okay. So when I went, my appetizer was the crab cake, mm -hmm. and I got full off the crab cake. <laughs> That's good to know, though. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh man, like I'm so full off of this crab cake, and I have my entree coming and the entree that I got was the halibut which was also like super amazing mm. so with that being if I'm already full off of the appetizer and I had my entree you know I didn't have dessert so unfortunately I missed <laughs> out on dessert so I can't give any recommendations there but the halibut was really good and my girlfriend she had the lobster mac and cheese oh that I have to get that everywhere I go yes that now, was since delicious. you brought up lobster mac and cheese, you just made me think of another restaurant. I have people reach out to. That's another thing. Why I sort of got off Yelp because I felt like I was like a like everyone's <laughs> personal planner. So I'd have random people reach out to me. Hey, you know, it's me and my wife's fifteenth anniversary. Can you recommend some place that has seafood and steak? I'd be like, what? Like you want me to plan the whole thing? But one recommendation I would definitely give is Steak 48. That's probably one of my favorite steak houses and their lobster mac and cheese is incredible. So that's definitely one that I always recommend a lot for special um, occasions. Mm, I've never been there. I, I'm, I'm adding it to the list, adding it to the list. I will say a friend also ordered steak at RPM Seafood and she did not enjoy the steak. So I think if you want steak, you got to go to RPM steak and not RPM yeah. seafood. <laughs> That's what I was just thinking. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> okay, good to know. Good to know. Yeah, stick with the seafood at the seafood place <laughs> and go to the steak at the steak place. I'm just gonna say you know, that. they also have RPM Italia too. <laughs> yes, I haven't been there yet. I have not been there yet. So many RPMs. All right. Yep. <laughs> Okay, so you just brought up COVID and social distancing. What are you doing to stay active and to be in the whole Chicago vibe of things during this COVID-19 pandemic? You know, that is such a good question. When it first started, like, I was feeling, like, a little bit of anxiety because, honestly, like, people know what my schedule is. Like, usually I'm out, like, four or five times a week. Like, I'm barely... I work from home, but after that with events or whatever, I'm going to events like four or five times a week. So when that completely stopped, I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? My main focus was I want to make sure I'm still able to post to my blog once a week. So it's more so like you have to just start getting creative. Like the first person I interviewed during the whole quarantine was this woman, Regine, she's fresh. She has her own wine company, Shall We Wine. And it was just interesting to see how her, how she was pivoting because the whole restaurant industry had to change what they're doing. She basically um, hosts different events. And of course, she weren't hosting events. So what did she do? She brought her platform online. So she started throwing weekly happy hours. So just hearing people's stories like that really encouraged me that I could be doing things differently. Like interviews totally don't have to stop during quarantine. So I picked up on my interviews, but then also I started seeing I was still getting invited to events, but I was getting invited to events online. 
So I did one virtual event. It was really cute. They sent me like this whole alcohol kit or whatever. It was for um, Abalore whiskey or whatnot. Mm. So they sent me all of these beautiful glasses or whatnot. They sent me different whiskeys and we had a virtual Zoom whiskey tasting or whatnot. And then another event I got invited to was through Cooper's Hawk or whatnot. They sent me a huge basket, like a uh, charcuterie board or whatnot. And they had a virtual event. So it's like, even though I'm not going out, it's just like, now you're just doing indoor virtual events. And I mean, I still didn't stop my product reviews. I've been working with this one company. It's um, like a, a bridesmaid wedding planning company, some products or whatever that they wanted me to write an article about. So just because it was quarantine didn't mean that the work stopped. Actually, it got me back to my creative writing too. Because before, I mean, I was so interviews and posting press release for people but now I got to get back to more of my creative writing so when all that stuff was happening with um George Floyd and the protests and the riots I actually came out with an article racism it ends with you so that was just my writing from the heart so I did like a few pieces like that during quarantine because all I knew was I'm gonna still post once a week and I'm gonna show people that my consistency still won't even stop with that and I feel like people appreciate that because now like you know when we got into phase four, I think that was the end of May, my events are picking back up again. Like I, I'm doing one today. There's a, a new concept called, I, have you ever heard of ghost kitchens? No. Okay. So basically ghost kitchens are becoming very popular, not even, not only here in Chicago, but all over the U.S. So basically ghost kitchens are virtual kitchens. There are restaurants that are set up for pickup and delivery, but no indoor dining. So mm-hmm. one that opened last month here in Chicago is called Smoky Bones Barbecue. So I pretty much am picking up the whole menu today and I'm going to do a post on it from home, take photos and everything. So, I mean, you just have to, if this is something you really want to do, which I'm very passionate about blogging, there's nothing that's going to stop it. You might have to change different things or the way you do things, but I mean, I've been able to consistently post once a week. That's good. Have you been Zoomed out yet, being on so many virtual calls and things like that? Oh, from the very beginning, yeah. (laughs) I realized I really was a virtual person because one thing that I missed about it, which some people did better than others, is the interactive part. Like, I just don't want to, like, I love the people where, like, you're in the Zoom and it's like, they actually want you to participate. Like, we're going to stop. We, like, we want to see some questions. We want to take a survey. We want to see a show, like, show of hands or whatever, you know? So, those are the ones that kept me more focused. But even then, it's just, I'm more of a in-person type person, I guess you would say. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I knew that this wouldn't be my, <laughs> what I'd want to do forever. But for the meantime, it was a great way to still stay in touch with people. Okay, so made up scenario. COVID-19 is gone. Everything is back to normal. Where are you going first? I would probably have to say a rooftop and the rooftop I'd probably be going to first is probably Ayo Godfrey. Cause basically to me that sort of turned into like my second home. I bring everyone there, friends, dates, who cares, whoever it is. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. the place that I like to go. I feel comfortable there. It's a beautiful view. I know what to expect. So I'd probably focus on a place where I'm really comfortable with for probably my first outing. And then from there, I'd start exploring again. Gotcha. Me, I would go to the spa. 
I want to go to the spas so bad. And actually, the spas, I think, are opening up again. But I'm still a little nervous. I might end <laughs> up going before. I don't know. Yeah, so they, they are. Most of them are actually open back up. So I will say um, there's this one place I, before uh, COVID happened, I got this like eyelash package at this spa. It's like a, a medical grade spa as well. But that freaked me out when, you know, they were saying that spas can open back up again. They're like, okay, when's your next appointment? And this woman's going to be in front of your face for like an hour putting these lashes on. <laughs> so I was right. like, um, I don't think so. So I actually canceled my package because I didn't feel comfortable with that. Like we're pretty much face to face for a whole hour. So that I didn't feel comfortable with. One of my friends actually recently got a facial, which she's fine. Um, she said she loved it. But I actually have been to the salon. So I have gotten my hair done a couple of times since COVID. And a lot of places are just putting in, I mean, they, they want to like make you feel like less anxious or whatever. So they are putting in different measures. So the one place that I go to, she cuts down like who can be in her shop at one time. You're not allowed to bring kids anymore. You can't bring a bag in. Everyone has to wear masks. Everyone does the hand sanitizer at the front. So there's a lot of places I feel that are going above and beyond, which is good to try to make you, um, feel safe. I mean, clearly, like, I, I don't feel like, I feel like eventually most people are going to end up getting it, but I just want to see that people are at least trying, like, to, <laughs> to stay safe, like, wear your mask, um, wash your hands, you know, do whatever you can in order to try to stay safe and help others stay safe as well. Awesome. Well, that's all the questions I have for you. Do you have anything else you want to add that I did not ask? No, I would just say, you know, for the people who will be listening to this podcast, if you're looking for things to do in Chicago, just definitely check out my site, um, shytoglance.com. And we cover like not only just food, but events, galas, nonprofits, everything basically that's Chicago related. All right, everyone check out shyataglance.com. Thank you so much, Tavi. I'm so happy to have you on. Thank you, Vanessa. I appreciate it. And let me know once it comes out, and I'll definitely be sharing the link. Well, this has been another fabulous episode of the Dimper Podcast. I'm looking forward to having you join us again.